Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Bucky Dunn. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. to And going at it. What can I say? Just take my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest non-rivalry in sports, episode 110. John Senecal here with Brian Shackman. And of course, we're at you know, the beginning of the season. Uh, plenty of interesting things to look at. Obviously, you know, the first couple weeks don't dictate everything, but some trends have clearly emerged, and I guess I want to start with, regardless of when people listen to the show, whether Tampa's still undefeated or not, it doesn't matter. It, it somehow, for the first time, is Tampa built to win it all, or are they just, again, built for the regular season, and it's cute, and everything's nice, and they make the playoffs, but they, they don't go anywhere, or are they kind of scaring you? Well, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, and the first thing everyone's going to say is, well, they haven't played anybody, their schedule, right? But you still got to win the games. Yes. You know, they played, what, Washington, Oakland, um, Boston, and Detroit, right? They're playing Some bad teams. Some bad teams, right? But you still got to win the games. So you got to look at what they're doing. And, like, what they're doing is they're hitting and they're pitching. They're doing exactly what a winning team does. And then you find, like, you know, the players on the team, you know, Wander Franco – you, you've been hearing this guy's name, you feel like, for like four or five years, right? right? What is he, 23? He just turned 22. Yeah. Like crazy. last month. Right? So he hasn't even had like a, a legit, like overall full, full season of Major League Baseball. Because if you remember, he was he was in the question for Rookie of the Year. And everyone was like, what do you mean Rookie of the Year? The dude had like 220 at-bats or something right. like okay. that. And now he's finally healthy because he was hurt last year and he's raking. And Randy Arozarena is, of course, doing Randy Arozarena things, what he always does. But... It, and a bunch of no namers. And no namers, and you know you can't really name any of their pitchers. They, you know, they Zach Eflin was their big offseason signing. He's the highest paid player on their team, and he was a middle reliever for the Phillies, and now he's one of their starters. So here's here's the question I have, and you know we'll get to the Yankees and Franchi in a second, because Heim Bloom was hired by the Red Sox to build a system that could compete every year at a respectable you know budget. The budget for the Red Sox is still kind of not low, and they stink. And so, and the Tampa is still great is still great without him. 
So the question is, is Tampa still, you know, enjoying the success that Heimblum helped build or did Heimblum, you know, benefit from a great organizational philosophy? Because if the Red Sox aren't winning 90 games a year starting, I don't know, in two years. I mean, it really, right now the Red Sox have, they have, you hope Casas works out, you hope Yoshida works out, and then you have Devers. And that, those are the only three pillars you're building on right now. That's it. Yeah. So it's going to take a couple of years, to be honest, before you even think about signing people on free agency to compliment until you have enough to compliment. So my question is, how does this make Bloom look, that Tampa's this good and Boston's this bad? Well, I mean, honestly, I think I think Tampa being as good as they are, I think probably goes back to more Andrew Freeman before he when he, he was with them and then he left and went to L.A., to the Dodgers. Um, I don't think it's so much Bloom. Um, I think Heimblum's very overrated. I mean, he doesn't really have the – he's like the antithesis of the background. He doesn't have any sports background. He doesn't have any, like, business background. He was like a literature major or, like, like Latin major or something in college. It was like – He's wicked smart, though. Well, yeah, but, he's wicked smart, but that doesn't mean he knows how to run a baseball team. No, no, he I could have been on a good team in the front office. I'm just thinking he's a little overrated, and he, he probably isn't as advertised, to be honest with you. So that, that poses um, – that's trouble. That's trouble for the Red Sox, yeah. the bottom line. And yeah, I mean, still, you're going to have to spend money to compete, right? In the Braves, I mean, not the Braves, the, the Rays are doing their competing on grabbing a bunch of guys that are on a couple-year deals. The only guy that's got a big contract is Wander. He's the only guy that's got, like, wrapped up for like 10 years. Right. But they're also getting guys that aren't the rookie rookies. They're the guys that have been in the league for like four or five years that have developed in the league, right? They haven't come like right out and they're out of the system or whatever. They're getting these guys that were like 30th round draft picks by in like, you know, five, six years ago or seven years ago, and that they've finally at the age 27, 28, 29, 30 are really starting to click as pitchers and they're and they're getting it done. Their pitching staff is scary, especially the way they run it. It's very scary. All right, he's John Seneca. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 110. Uh, so let's get to – I mean, the Red Sox, they're, they're probably going to be a last-place team. It's difficult to fathom, you know, what, what they're going to do that's exciting. It's obvious that Devers, even when he's not protected in the lineup, can still hit. So let's talk about the Yankees. Decent start, but, you know, I, I would already pay attention to – you know, being three, four, five games back. And so you look at it, they're on track to win 90-plus, and they'll make the playoffs. That's not a concern. What are your early – before I go to Franchi, what are your early thoughts on the on the team? Um, I'm happy because if you look at their record, they would be in first place in any division in baseball. That's correct. If not, um, I think only one, they would be like a game back um, as we stand now. Um, so I am not concerned about that. What I am concerned about is, um, again, like you know, the AL East is scary. But the Yankees in general, um, I like I like what I'm seeing. Um, I'm kind of actually happy that Donaldson's out of the lineup. I think that actually helps them. Um, very convenient injury. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Hicks? Um, I do. Again, I'm scared about the bullpen. I mean, Clay Holmes is not. He just scares the hell out of me to close out games. He really does. And what and what makes me even more nervous is that if he can't do it, and he showed that last year, he 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 fell apart, and they had to kind of they had to go with bullpen by committee. But that changes the whole scope of everything. Like when you have to rely on Wandy 
or Loizaga to close your game, that just the dominoes fall backwards, and you don't want that to happen. No, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I look offensively. I mean, there's a couple things. I don't, you know, we've had fun on our text thread with producer Matt Royce, who's often on the program and helps produce it. Francie Cordero coming out and basically, what did he equal last year's total? In, yeah, in took home him like 200, 199 at bats, hit four home runs last season with the Sox, and he did it in like 26 at bats. It's incredible. I mean, it's Kevin Moss kind of stuff, right? For the baby bomber kind of stuff. But Franchi, you know, he's 28 years old. He's been around. I think this is like his fourth team or fourth or fifth team. He's San Diego, KC, Boston, and now New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the 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 talk on him is the dude has crazy, crazy power, crazy pop. It's just a matter of can he hit the off speed. It's like Serrano. Yeah, he's Pedro Serrano. He's Pedro Serrano. Well, my point with Franchi, like, I think Franchi will end up in, like, AAA by June. I, well, I just, they're going to have a big question to, to figure out, right? If Franchi is still hitting and Harrison Bader comes back, and Harrison Bader's probably not that far away. I'm guessing maybe two weeks at the, at the most. Um, and no one's even talked about him, right? And he's a, If he comes back, he's a big piece of the puzzle to solve. But then you got to think, what am I going to do with Chicks? Yeah. What am I going to do with Cordero? What happens with Cabrera? Because he's actually, you know, he's the wrench, he's the, and he's playing good. Maybe Volpe's the odd man out and has to go back well, down to okay. AAA. So you, it's it's really interesting you say that. I, I feel like Cordero, the more he the more he plays, the more the the better chance he has of doing well. But the at bats not be there. And the reason why I think I I'm very confident, and I I don't I, I cheer for him. I have nothing against Franchi Cordero, but assuming he he regresses back to the mean, like he goes back to being what he's always been so far. Which is not doing what he's doing. You know, Rizzo hasn't done a whole lot, you know, in terms of power numbers. Well, he'll perk up. But this, I wanted to bring up Volpe because he's batting way under 200 and he's so young. And I think about the confidence and psychology. And this is why baseball is amazing to me because it really is built on failure because everyone, I mean, listen, not everyone, almost everyone in the game struggles, especially when they're young. And so how you handle the struggle dictates how successful your career is going to be, and how you're managed dictates it too. So, you know, I always go back to the old days with Pedroia when he was first came up and he was terrible, and I was like, this guy's a total bust. He sucks. And other people said, just wait. And then he turns it around and he gets r- rookie of the year. But I was convinced that he was not going to do that. So what do you do with a guy who's so young, whose upside is considered so huge, who is really struggling. So I think with Anthony Volpe's situation, that he was not expected at all to make the team going into the spring training this year. And he, and he, and he starred and he made the team. So I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think in a way that almost helps him if they send him back down. Because it was almost like, K-Kid, you really weren't supposed to be on this team. You got hot. Right. right, you and got so now you against, fail- against probably not the best pitchers right. to face, and you made the team. So you know, don't really look at it that you can't compete at this level. Look at it that you just need some more time, and you know, you're gonna figure it out. And he will because he's super young still. And like I said, you know, like you said, Pedroia did it, Trout did it. I mean, there's the list is a laundry list long. But if a guy that can come back and win three MVPs did it, I think anyone can do it. Well, so- I think it's an interesting approach because. So your message sort of is, okay, you know you belong, but this is what you got to work on. Go down and work on it. and and Because and, I would worry about a 21-year-old, whatever, kid's confidence getting shot 
and 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 not recovering. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's he has the makeup of that. I really don't. I don't think he has the mental makeup of that. And I think he would he would understand. Um, I don't think he's at the end of his leash yet. I mean, we're you know we haven't got out of April yet. Um, but you know, under two hundred, and if you're not performing in the situations that you're needed to perform in, right? I mean, there's one thing to hit a triple and, and you know and do this and that here and there, but if you're playing for the Yankees, the expectation is if there's guys on base, you're gonna get you're gonna get a hit, right? And if you're not doing that, eventually the boo birds are gonna come out. So do you want it to get to the point where the boo birds are sending them down, or do you have to figure it out yourself and and and, yeah. and do what you want to do? I mean, as of Thursday, you know he has one extra base hit. I, I would say. Then what is your sample size, John? Where you was it? Twenty? You give him twenty-five games. You know, I would say you know the month of April is 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 the whole month would be a good look. But I like the what you said. I mean, because if if you can find a way to spin it in a way that truly and authentically and sincerely makes sense, listen, then he he's young get... too, right? He's not twenty-six. He's not twenty-seven. No, I know. That's you my know, point. So... Is that ultimately. You, you know, but maybe he thought that, that you know, he's going to stay and he's off to a Hall of Fame career and now he's going to be back on a bus. So I'm just curious about the impact of that. Now, the, today's athlete is much softer than it used to be, but it should be something that's un- overcomable. I was just was curious if you thought he should, how gently he should be handled. And you think that sending him down would be a good thing. So that's the, that's the takeaway. Yep. All right. So listen, when it comes to other elements of what's going on before you know we get to expansion we already have uh, you know a half a dozen teams reacting to the shorter games by extending beer sales to the eighth inning uh, i just find i find it really funny but they should like what's the big deal like like in this era of public transportation and uber like i mean the point of closing beer sales in the seventh was so people didn't drink and drive or people didn't get too drunk to fight like what was the original point maybe they didn't want to have them in line waiting and missing the end of the game that's not it that's definitely <laughs> not it i just don't see that like at by the seventh inning it's like all right everyone's going to be fine now to make it home like we stopped at the seventh inning i mean meanwhile there's a beer snake in the outfield you know 14 14 rows deep you know right <laughs> right everyone's going to get their max at the seventh inning so yeah. they can have a couple but it's the- great though i mean like we we talked about this like baseball is adapting right it's not just about the pitch clock and what's going on in on the field it's it's happening in the in the stands in the stadium you know the fans are getting involved counting the pitch clock down the, yeah, the beer sales that. are changing times like we talked about this already everything's gonna have to adapt yeah it's like artificial intelligence it's sort of taking the the information and and doing it in in real time, but I think that I, well, the Brewers I, the first one that did it, right? I had I to have so. been. Yeah. It had to have been yeah. the Brewers. I mean, if it wasn't the Brewers, who would it, who was it going to be? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I and, and I think Rockies or something, of course. And the Red Sox should, should should I'm sure they'll follow suit because they see how much fewer fans the impact on the overall revenue, and they must be kind of freaking out. But I do want to. I pointed this out on my regular show. I'm, listen, I, I really like Sam Kennedy personally. I think he's a really good guy. And the Red Sox have, have been helpful to me in a lot of different ways. But I have to say, you know, being in last place and then and then buying the Pittsburgh Penguins and then missing the playoffs for the first time in like 16 or 17 years. Was, not a good look. No, it's not a good look at all. And and you just wonder. And I, I hate to say I'm, I'm not rooting against anybody, but I, I think that humility – would go a long way to helping the Red Sox because right now, like, I don't want to engage the team that much because they're not even being humble about it. Like, they should be really humble about the, what's going on, and they think the fans are just going to stick around forever. And I'm telling you, they've already not. 
I mean, there are, the Bruins and the Celtics are very good, and the the Red Sox are just not that relevant. And Maybe they can move them to Salt Lake City. <laughs> let's talk about. I didn't know if you want to talk about the Astros first or expansion, but let's talk about expansion. Like, I don't want, I don't want more teams in baseball. And well, I know the, it would be thirty-two teams if you expand by two. By two, yes. that 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 would be the plan. But you have to wait until find out what happens at Tampa and Oakland. Right. So I, I guess if you don't have thirty healthy franchises, why go to thirty-two? And I, you know how I feel about Florida baseball. I don't think Miami and Tampa should have teams. I just don't. I think the culture of spring training is, it's just like why why spend why spend X amount of dollars when you can see the same. Well, we player? know Miami is not going anywhere because they got a nice. Shiny no, new I get stadium. it. They got a new stadium, but I would have been totally against that. I would have yeah. moved them too. So the question is, I, I mean, Oakland, they're going to move to. Yeah, you got Vegas. basically four places, right? You got Las Vegas, you got Nashville, you got Portland, and now you got Salt Lake City. Right. And the thought is that Oakland's gone. They're going to they're, Vegas. They're going to go to Vegas. And now the big question mark, other than that, if that happens, is Tampa. Now, there's talk that Tampa was going to build a new stadium. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, does Tampa move? That would be the next logical choice, right? So you got to figure out. Manfred has already said that nothing's going to happen until one or those two shoes drop. So right. I would think Oakland drops first, but they don't have a stadium yet for them there. They could guess they could play in the AAA park there. For well, let's now. just assume, for argument's sake, that that that's that's going to happen, right? Let's just assume right. Oakland's going to Vegas, and that's going to be makes within, within the next. That would happen if, the earliest, probably four years. You could get a new stadium built and flipped. Yeah. Right. So then the question I have to you is: If Tampa were to move. Which city do you think deserves it? Well, the people that have been uh, the, the city that's been around the longest in the talk is been Por- Portland, oh, Portland, yeah. Portland, because um, that's where the Expos, I guess, we're going to eventually we're first going to go. But Nashville has been the hottest in the last, I'd say, probably eight, six, six to eight years. Um, really hot in the last three years. Are the Tennessee Titans in Nashville? Yeah, okay, right so across the river. And they're supposed to be. I think they're going to be talking about building a new stadium for them too. But so they have football. Triple A baseball, okay, which was right. I don't know if it's Triple A. And they have the NHL. They have the NHL. NHL, right, which is right downtown. Uh, The trip, the baseball is just a little bit south of the city, and then the the football stadium is just over the river. Like you walk across a pedestrian bridge to get to it, so it's all accessible from downtown. Um, but, I think Nashville would be way better than Portland. Yeah, so Nashville, obviously, is, I mean, that's like the hip, hippest city, one of the hippest cities in the country. But also now Salt Lake City is one of the fastest growing. It's the least hippest. Yeah, least <laughs> hippest. But my bet would be Nashville, and then uh, I would think the Rays could move there because you, you might be able to suck some fan base as much as you would suck some Rays fan base. Because it's not, any, a, not as far. You, I mean, you know you're always going to be competing with Atlanta, no matter what, in the South, no matter where you are. Because they they're the institution for baseball in the South, yeah. um, other than the Astros, but we don't want to talk about them. Well, we can talk about. We're them. We're going to talk about them briefly. Cheaters. So Nashville will be your top that, choice. That, that's my choice. Yeah. Well, I, you like country music, so you go down. Well, there I, and listen, visit. I said I said to my wife, I said, if Nashville gets a team, because she can work anywhere, we're gone, and they, we're we're close enough to having the kids out of the roost that it, and you, you figure if it happens, it's going to happen probably three to four years. Yeah. Um. That's a perfect mark, and uh, you know, I'm I've, gone. Yeah, I've I'm getting season said, tickets of some sort, and I'm it's plopping not, myself it's, there. It's not like I want to move to Kansas City, but there's something to be said that to go to a place that has a major league team where you could pay basically half of what we pay yeah. for Red Sox and Yankees. And you don't even have to go all the time. You can go for four or five innings. You yeah. can go have your lunch on a break from your job at TJ Maxx or whatever. My so, wife was on a business trip a few years back and went to a game in Kansas City. 
and I can't remember who they were playing, but she got there five minutes before the game, drove up like she was parking at Walmart on a Wednesday. <laughs> and they walked for like five bucks, walked right in, watched the game, and walked right out, and were gone. Now, I mean, like you said, you go to Boston, you're so damn stressed out by the time you walk into the game, unless you live in the city, or you go to New York. You pay 35 bucks to park. If Yeah, and then just getting there is a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole to-do, and by the time you get in there, you're ready to strangle somebody. And now you got to sit down that's, and watch That's baseball. John Senecal. He He's he's ready Come to on, strangle kids, somebody. Come on, kids, let's get some ice cream. <laughs> he's so stressed. I've seen him stressed as he could see <laughs> But it's true, though. Like, what ears. you say is true. Because yes, there's something yes. to be said about rolling up to a baseball game yes. and just having a peaceful experience and not going through all that rigmarole. But it's, it's also, I will acknowledge, I totally agree with you, but I, I will acknowledge the trade-off, which is you go to Fenway even when it's not full, the game in-game experience atmosphere. is ba- is better. Atmosphere, and, 100%. You know, you're sitting there sprawled across four seats because no one's with you in Kansas yeah. City. It's different. But if you want to just watch baseball and see guys up close and have, like you said, That's just where a it's at. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree. John Senecal, Brian Shackman, your fan base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. The last item we just want to touch on that Evan Gaddis acknowledging in a thread someone uh, – uh, uh, you know, he was doing like he, a Twitter just yeah. talk with people. He was on, on the Astros in in what is it nineteen two thousand seventeen seventeen yeah. And so he ba- so he was basically asked when did he he hit a big home run? Did he hit a big home run? Or a big CC hit? in the fourth inning of Game Seven, right? And he was asked if he knew it was coming, and he said yes. And which at this point isn't surprising, but it's one of those things where to get the verbal confirmation. Even if the source is incredible, let's just be honest. You can criticize or you know, talk about Evan Gaddis and you know what kind of guy he is and his behavior, this and that. You know, Jose Canseco was not a credible guy in so many ways, but he told the truth about steroids. So just just because Gaddis might not be like 100 percent perfect person or whatever, doesn't mean he's not being completely honest and 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 forthright. Yeah, I don't see any reason why he would make that up either. I mean, it's just it's. It's just another reassurance of what we knew, but it's a it's it's um when you boil it down to actual pitches and actual names, you know, it 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 in a way it changes things because then you can look at it and be like, oh well, you know, yeah, we knew they knew what was coming, but yeah, he knew exactly on that exact pitch, like because there was times when they were still cheating, they didn't know a hundred percent what right. was coming, right? So just to look at it and be like, that son of a bitch. You know, as a Yankees fan, like... Oh, you got stolen. You and the Dodgers have a lot to... And for me, it's like... Just to make the World Series alone. Like, obviously, you know, the Yankees, like, World Series are nothing, right? Right. But just as a fan, to yeah. get there and to have that, to watch it and still have... Ugh, well, let's awesome. get back to the baseball for a second, because even if you know what's coming, you still got to hit it, right? right? And let's just be honest about that. It is a huge advantage. There's no doubt about it. I would still, like, having the faith that the info you're getting is legit... And then 100% believe it in, in real time. And then, like, okay, a fastball. It's going to be a fastball. It's and still then, like, a fast decision. Yeah, I mean, it's really incredible. And then to believe it. Like, for me, it would be like, well, what if it isn't? And then I'm going to have a, I'm going to lose a strike or whatever. Uh, and so there's, there's elements to it that I find, you know, intellectually fascinating. But it just adds to, like, how do you process? Same with, the, you know, 1919, you know, Black Sox or whatever. How do you process, if it's your team, how you were wronged. And I still can't, I, you know, if I were, I mean, the Red Sox were also beaten that year, but they, I don't think they were a World Series team, but the Yankees and the Dodgers, h- how do you ultimately process the degree with which you were wronged? 
Could you, real quick, could you imagine sitting in the stands and watching the Black Sox play and just being like, dude, what? What's going on? Like, how can everyone not see how blatantly, like, bad, like, if it's any recollection of what the movies of this were like, like, dudes are, like, literally like, diving the other way when balls are hit at them and stuff. Like, like the Astros cheating is, like, on a crazy level. Like, you had to dissect that. Yeah. Like, you had to, like, boil that down. You had to have, like, someone finally crack that nut and be like, I can't handle this anymore. I got to come clean. Right. I got to say something. Like, for the Black Sox, you know everyone was probably sitting in the stadium like, come on, man. We <laughs> Yo, guy, how much money you got on this? Like yelling up to the, I yeah. can't imagine like sitting there and watching that. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, Shoeless Joe actually hit well in the series, but like uh, the only one and like that yeah. that hit, according to like basically the whole story, yeah, no, right? And it's a different era. I, I mean, I yeah, I don't think anyone's ever going to be over the fact that the Astros cheated. In. But the prob- the thing is, is it doesn't matter because they still won the World Series. They they still gonna parade that damn championship around, especially after they won again last year. Well, the the last year's win was their was, validation was so important because if they never had won another one, it would even be more an embarrassment. But if I were a Yankee fan and I really, really, really believed in my team, and there are fans who feel that way, it would. I don't know how Those I would the get cheating over it. Sucks. Like that kind of cheating sucks. Like you'd rather just lose knowing that you lost. And Same not- with like steroids and other things. Like how do you, how do you deal with it in boxing if someone was juicing and you got the crap beat out of you? Like I can't. I'm sitting here honestly in real time trying to think about how I'd be able to move forward, and I'm not sure that I. I mean, as fans, you sit there and you. I mean, you watch the people that throw their things to the TV when they lose the Super Bowl and they break and stuff. I mean, now it's almost like they want to be on social media, so they do it. No, but I think but, like even like the, the pass interference non-call against the Saints with the Rams a couple years back. I'm like, how could you ever live that that kind of crap down if you really care? And and I only bring it up because I was listening to another sports radio personality talk about the Bruins and, and you know, because the Bruins had the set records this season and some people are like, well, what if they don't win the Stanley Cup? Is it, what, How do you process that if they have this historic season but right. don't win at all? And then, you know, one, one, one personality made the point, which I thought was really interesting, which was if you're a season ticket holder and invest thousands of dollars and you only lost four home games. Yeah, that's a hell a, of a run. How great a year did you have? Yeah. Like you, everything you invest in, it was worth it. And so you, you can, it's okay if if they don't win at all, it's not great, but I mean it's understandable. You had so much joy during your regular year that it's okay. But in this case, I don't know if it's the same thing, and I don't think that it is because it's not it's not okay because the 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 Yankees expect to win it. They haven't won it in an inordinate amount of time yep. with some very talented teams. I I would I would I'm not a booer, but I would hate the Astros forever. I don't know if I could ever get over. No, I and I don't get I don't understand how players can like be on the field with them. Like, how do you stand at second base or like? Unless they know they've already, they've cheated themselves in some way, right? I don't know. It's just I would be I would be irate, man. If I'm Aaron Judge and I'm sitting there, I would literally want to just like, especially the way they handle it. I want to choke Alex Bregman. You know, yeah. like I'd want to walk over and. Next time I play Detroit, not smack AJ Hinch in the face. Yeah. Hey, listen. Wherever you follow us, uh, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, you know, if you got comments on this, I mean, it's just such a good topic to discuss. And make sure you listen. Make sure you share. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.